0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Facebook initial suspension of President Trump was correct, but also we're saying that an indefinite ban was not acceptable. Mr. Trump should not automatically get back onto Facebook and Instagram.
1: We really ought to get vaccinated.
0: In good news, the models projected a sharp decline in cases by July 2021. We have more than enough supply for the American public. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is Tom, Benny, and Clark and you and Happy Cinco de Mayo, a holiday celebrating the creation of Mexican beer.
1: (laughs) Margarita Day. I
0: asked somebody, I won't mention the name. They're probably listening. What Cinco de Mayo was. Is, is, is that the day celebrating the uh, creation of Corona beer?
1: <laughs> Might as well be. Pretty close. I don't remember hearing about that growing up. Uh, well, it just it seemed it, like maybe in college, about in college in the 80s is maybe when you started it, having... Well,
0: it's, it's not even celebrated in Mexico. It's, uh-huh. It was, um, you know, the French loaned Mexico a bunch of money and Mexico didn't repay it. And so France came over and said, well, we're going to get it in land. And uh, so they came over, and there was one particular—the Battle of Pueblo, where Mexico Mexico won this battle. I mean, it was just a battle. And uh, it's like, okay, we need to come up with something that we can sell lots of beer on May the fifth. So yeah. they came up with Cinco de Mayo. But it's only been—it's it not celebrated in Mexico. It's only celebrated in America, and it's only been celebrated since probably the 1980s.
1: Hmm.
0: So uh, there you go. Happy Cinco de Mayo.
1: Well, if we celebrated uh, when countries loaned Mexico money and they defaulted, we're <laughs> celebrating every month. I mean, <laughs> you know. <anyway>. Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, the News and Observers reporting North Carolina health officials are no longer required. And this is health officials. This is Mandy Cohen and uh, Governor-Emperor. Senator Cohen, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, So they're they're saying you are no longer required to wear face masks at school when you're outdoors. Thank you. Oh, life is going to be so much nicer now. Updated state health and human services guidance released today. No longer talk about face coverings having to be worn by students, staff and visitors that are outdoors at public and private schools. Do they have any say over private schools? I don't think
1: so, no. Oh, well,
0: but hey, they're giving their blessing. Uh, the new wording in the North Carolina Strong Schools Toolkit lists several situations where it recommends but doesn't require that face coverings be worn. You know, it's really interesting and I think somewhat gratifying to see a lot of pushback on the likes of Governor Cooper and his kind. Uh, Americans are starting to say, screw you. We're going to do what we darn well, please. Mm-hmm. And Now, the, some have said that all along. I mean, we've had stories since the beginning of the shutdown where people have said no. I mean, you know, they, they, they went along with it for a few weeks, even a couple of months. You know, there's stories <laughs> yeah. of the gym up in New Jersey. But they, people are just fed up with it.
1: Yeah, and i got friends that's never complied. I mean, they would walk into a business, and when they were stopped um, and said, you know, you got to have a mask come in, they, just, they can just quit doing business there. But, well, you know, I, res- I respect a business owner to be able to make that yeah, decision. Yeah, decide what he wants. Yeah.
0: But quite frankly, you could just say, well, I've got a religious exemption, and they probably would say, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually seen people walk into stores. I- I've got an issue. I've got an <laughs> issue. And just keep walking. <laughs>
0: but you know, I, but I, some of these kids have gotten pretty significant rashes on their faces. Man. And I, these little kids having to wear these masks for. Eight, ten hours a day is ridiculous.
1: Well, the mask outdoors thing was was always ridiculous, and I thought it was dangerous for athletes. And, you know, we maybe no. had the story about a, a runner somewhere, you know, she fell and, and really was hurt pretty bad because uh, she passed out. But I can't remember if it was the CDC or the WHO. Maybe the WHO recently said that few, if any, instances of outdoor transmission for, for short-term contact I mean the, the you know the science said that so well, and that and that's also true with kids. Yeah.
0: I mean kids do not transmit the disease. It's very very rare. I mean there's quite quite frankly in elementary school we do not none of them need to be wearing any masks. I'm not a doctor I know but I mean follow the science. Uh the news and Observes also reporting re, speaking of COVID, Republican lawmakers want to make sure state and local government employees won't face retaliation if they refuse to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, the question is, will they come down with a passport of some sort on the state or the national level? House Bill 686, of course, in Florida, DeSantis has already signed this bill. The legislature passed it. He signed it. House Bill 686 is one of several bills filed in recent weeks aimed at banning vaccine mandates but it's the first to get a committee hearing. It says that government workers for all state and local agencies, as well as applicants for those jobs, would have the right to refuse any of the coronavirus van, uh, vaccines without being subjected to termination or retaliation. Sponsor of the bill is Jake Johnson from Polk County. A Republican said the measure stems from a complaint by a county administration employee, didn't name the county or the person, but uh, said that their boss heavily insinuated that if they didn't get the vaccination, they wouldn't have a job the following week. But the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services has concerns. Well, there's a shocker (laughs) about how the bill would affect its operations. DHHS Assistant Secretary Matt Gross told the House State Government Committee that it would conflict with the federal rules for infection control at state-operated facilities he explained that workers at state run health facilities are required to have certain vaccines okay well they're not required to have all vaccines so why is covid-19 suddenly suddenly required isn't it interesting though that the insinuation from the assistant of the dhhs agency here in the state is eh, you know well, we might we might not be able to pass this because we we might have to mandate this I mean, it's just an insinuation, but nonetheless, it's there. HB 686 also says that unvaccinated people couldn't be banned from entering government-owned buildings, including those on schools and university campuses.
1: Pass it. Well, I think I think the Biden administration and Roy Cooper would follow suit. I mean, I think he wants a red V on your head. Oh, yeah. If you've been vaccinated. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. And these are the same top Democrats that we talked about before. Just before the election, was they're not taking Trump's rushed vaccine. Yeah. I mean, now, now, and they're also the ones
0: that are all about you know freedom, live and let live, and you know we can't mandate any. You can't mandate more. You know you can't legislate morality and all that Mm -hmm. garbage. Uh, Republican leadership in the General Assembly has introduced legislation to increase penalties for rioting across North Carolina. Good, House Bill eight hundred five would establish a new level of felony penalties for rioters who cause property damage, or serious bodily injury, or death to others. Including physical violence to first responders, the bill allows business owners who sustain damage or people physically harmed to sue perpetrators for up to three times the actual damages. so uh, and that's in addition to legal fees. That's what it should be yeah yeah
1: you know yesterday uh, multiple uh, publications talked about. Um, I think it was the North Carolina, a guy defacing the Martin Luther King uh, uh, Memorial or something. And, you know, just – and I think it's bad. I mean, I think it's bad. Right. I mean, it's public property or, or private property, either one. It, it doesn't matter. But it was like – I mean, it was like a terrorist act. You know, it was the way so many publications – Reported it yesterday, but but they think it's okay to tear down a statue of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Christopher right. Columbus. It depends a, who's who's cow's getting gored. A Civil War junk general from the South, or whatever. Um, in fact, yeah, you know, I find interesting that the stupid people up north were tearing down Northern general statues, and they didn't know the difference. No. But uh, you know, it's just it's bad any, any way around.
0: And but you know, the interesting thing about this too, though, is uh, it, they ought to have something in this bill that. Uh, that makes sure that the person that did the damage is held responsible because oh, yeah. i guarantee you the likes of george Soros and others are you know they're they're the ones that are paying the freight yeah. you know you go in and destroy and and we'll bail you out and we'll make sure everything's covered yeah there's
1: got to be some teeth to the penalties or it's what does it go matter and there's got
0: to be some pain to the perpetrators yeah
1: george source got enough money he don't care
0: I mean. So yesterday, I shared a story with you about a Texas Democrat county chair that called Tim Scott an Oreo. Here's what I said on yesterday's program. National Review is reporting that Texas Democrat, we talked about him yesterday, the guy from Texas who was a Democrat county party chair, he has resigned. The guy that called Senator Tim Scott an Oreo, he's resigned in response to mounting pressure from both sides of the aisle, thankfully, surprisingly, that Democrats would encourage him to uh, resign because, I mean, it's always the double standard. A Democrat usually says it and there's no pushback. Republican says it and you go out and hang him. He said, I'm deeply and sincerely sorry for my inappropriate and hurtful use of racist terms. I used to describe Tim Scott on my personal Facebook page. It was insensitive and I've embarrassed myself and my party by its use. Lamar County Democrat Party Chair. Gary O'Connor said to the Washington Examiner earlier today I will say this Gary you actually apologized so kudos to you for, for apologizing and I hope you send a personal note to Tim Scott but I mean most of the time you hear these apologies that come out as well if you're so thin skinned that you were offended by what I said because you're overly sensitive then, then, then I guess I'm sorry no you, you did embarrass yourself Uh, As a result, he said, I feel compelled to offer my resignation as the chair of Lamar County Democratic Party for consideration by the county executive committee. O'Connor said my well, I I was going to say my hunch is they'll accept it. Who knows? Guess what? (laughs) They didn't accept it. This is unbelievable. A Texas congressman is introducing a resolution condemning the Democratic Party in the Lone Star State for the response to a party official who was allowed to keep his position after calling Tim Scott an Oreo. Freshman Representative Pat Fallon of Texas introduced a resolution Wednesday, today, blasting the Texas Democratic Party for their refusal to condemn Lamar County Democratic Party Chair Gary O'Connor's racist remarks.
1: You, know what the you most, can't make it up. Yeah, you know what the most interesting thing about that little segment was, you know you have arrived on the radio when you do a show based on something that you said that was so profound the day before. <laughs> I mean, that's Rush Limbaugh type stuff there, Clark. Get him a golden microphone. <laughs> uh, it, it, give me
0: some spray paint anyway, right? <laughs> no, I mean, but this is unbelievable that the, the Democratic Party in Texas, just the, the guy resigned, he apologized. He said, I made a jerk of myself. I'm embarrassed myself. And they're saying, no, you keep your job. Yeah,
1: you're okay. We Remember, we don't have principles. You're forgetting yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, we're going to take a
0: timeout. Stay with us. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 20 minutes past the top of the hour. Taking a look at your weather forecast. A chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly before 11 o'clock tonight. Otherwise, uh, a chance of rain is about 40%, so we might see some. Thursday looks pretty good, mostly sunny, high near 72. And uh, Friday, there's a chance of showers, 40% chance, and it's going to be cool. High on Friday is only going to be 69. And uh, weekend, though, looks pretty good for Mom's Day. Don't forget to get your mom something
1: special. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get my boys, and we got to go out and... Do some shopping.
0: We were talking about this last night. This is the 17-year cicada emergence across the United States. And uh, for some people, will be the first time they ever go through this. I, I looked at it and came to the conclusion this will be my fourth time. But, um, you know, and it's it basically is the cicadas come out. They'll be seen in about 15 states, mostly on the East Coast. From Indiana to Georgia to New York. The interesting thing about this is when I was growing up outside of Baltimore, I, for some reason, and I've, I've been through one of these here since we've lived here, in, in Maryland it was so much worse. I can remember coming home from school in high school and literally you it would be like walking through snow. Mm -hmm. But it would be dead cicadas on the sidewalk.
1: It's funny you say that. When I read that article this morning, um, one of my best friends is from Maryland, and he used to talk about that, the cicadas of how much there were. And I remember as a kid, the first time I experienced as a real little kid, you know, grew up out in the country uh, here in eastern North Carolina, and they were everywhere. And I, yeah. c- I expect I'll see them again. You know, I live out outside on the, the farm. It,
0: depending where you live, and and uh, you know, it, it's heavy wooded areas apparently is worse because. That's me. <laughs> well, what they do is they you know they come out of the ground, they go up on top of the trees. Uh, you know, they shed their shells, they go up on top of the trees, and they mate and Have a little romance, yeah, yeah, a little romance, and then the the eggs fall and they go back the grubs go back into the ground and live there for 17 years
1: and then come back and do it again so apparently bug <laughs> sex is pretty exciting i guess <laughs> oh my uh, uh,
0: benny needs some uh, more excitement in his life
1: <laughs> every 17 years they don't get to <laughs> well, must not be that exciting that's true but But a lot of build-up frustration. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry, I digress.
0: A a federal judge has tossed—this is is a big story because um, the libs and the COVID authoritarian Nazis were all about this. A federal judge has tossed the eviction moratorium enacted by the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. So this was basically a ruling by the CDC that the federal co- government let let go, let, let stand, saying that during COVID, you can't evict anybody for not paying their rent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is mind-boggling.
1: Well, you know, you either have property rights or you don't. I mean, yeah. how can the government just arbitrarily take over property.
0: Now, if the government wants to come in and say, we'll pay for it, I mean, that's, that's yeah. just as bad, but that would be something. But they're just saying, no, you don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a, a judge came out today, and um, this ruling ends the moratorium on landlords evicting many tenants around the country for pandemic-related reasons, which the federal government justified through the Public Health Services Act. The court disagreed with the act. The court recognizes the COVID-19 pandemic is a serious public health crisis, that has presented unprecedented challenges for public health officials and the nation as a whole. The pandemic has triggered difficult policy decisions that have enormous world, real-world consequences. The nationwide eviction moratorium is one such decision. It is the role of political branches, not the courts, to assess the merits of policy measures designed to combat the spread of the disease, even during a global pandemic. The question for the court now is a narrow one: Does a Public Health Service Act grant the CDC the legal authority to impose nationwide eviction moratorium? No, it does not. And uh, so, I, obviously, they don't have the authority to do this. No, Mm-mm. I mean, for for a government agency, is is the CDC even a government agency?
1: Yes, it's part of the uh, <clears throat> Health, and Health Human Health Services. Health and Human Services, I think.
0: But for government, I mean, but this is how they act. This is how the Democrats want to operate.
1: That they're going to come out with
0: these mandates. And here's the thing I don't understand. I keep griping about is why in the world did anybody pay any attention to this at all to begin with? Why didn't from the get go they just shoot the bird at this moratorium and say you can't do that? I mean it'd be like me getting up and saying, you know, uh, issuing some ridiculous moratorium. They have no more no more authority than I do.
1: Well, the problem is, you know, locally to get it enforced. You know, no one's going to step out and go against, you know, what they think is the CDC had the authority unless somebody challenges it in a court cuz I mean you've got to you got to go to court, you know, small yeah. um and get it get a law enforcement officer to issue an eviction notice. But again, when people overstepped, I mean, what, who's, who, who in
0: the CDC came out with this? When they overstep, why aren't they held accountable to some, in some form? I mean, and it's, it's going to continue. If all they have to do is take taxpayer money and hire a lawyer to go to these courts to defend their policies, which are, are illegal to begin with, they have no merit, they're illegal, the taxpayer's got to pay for the lawyer so that they can be defended, and nothing. There's no punitive challenges to to these
1: individuals.
0: It, they're just it's just mm. is a nod and a wink and say, "Oh, oh, sorry, let me have a do over."
1: Yeah, you can't let bureaucrats run the run the government. I mean, they they can run the government as administered by the the person at the top, but uh, you know, the Trump administration maybe could have stopped that. At worst, the person might get fired, but they won't get fired. Mm
0: -hmm. Gateway Pundit is reporting, Democrats really, really, really must be worried about the Arizona audit. They're bringing out the big guns now. The Brennan Center, Protect Democracy, and the Leadership Conference have all signed a letter to the Civil Rights Division of the DOJ asking them to get involved. So you've already had the Democratic Party drag their feet. They went to local judges saying, toss this out. It's, you know, we, we shouldn't be doing this. The local judges have said no. And now they're appealing to the Biden administration's Department of Justice to throw out the Maricopa County, uh, basically going through and, you know, counting every ballot. I mean, they're going in a detailed fashion through every ballot. Biden won Maricopa County by 40,000. I don't think he won the state by that many, though. But... um it, fairly close in terms of a statewide race.
1: It was like twelve or something, wasn't it? Total, I think I it was think something so. like
0: that. Um, but again, you, you've got to ask yourself, uh, why? What, look, if if you've won legitimately, why are you so upset? Now, I think their answer would be, "Well, because you're going to cheat." Uh, really? I mean, you, you think as this thing goes through, goes under a microscope, literally, and uh, you know, people aren't being pushed out like you pushed them out when they. Uh, when the you know they're they're counting the ballots, uh, I I think you know thou protest us too much. So speaking of Joe Biden winning the White House, <coughs> excuse me, um, Gateway pundit is reporting that Joe Biden gave a speech on the White House Channel today. So this is the president of the United States. This is the guy that won by eighty one uh, won with eighty one million votes.
1: Mm, no way, All right? yeah
0: <laughs> do you have a do you have any audio of somebody throwing up um so how many people how many people were watching eighty one million people voted for him six hundred and forty nine people watching Joe Biden today giving a speech on the American rescue plan and and we're supposed to sit there and believe- oh yeah oh yeah eighty one million voted for him. And again, he said, "Well, you know, just the White House channel. If Donald Trump was on giving a speech, I guarantee you, it'd been a lot more than that." Speaking of the Biden administration, the Justice Department nominee—we've talked about this gal before, Kristen Clark. Oh, mm. she is a racist nut, over the top, and the, the Biden administration has nominated her to oversee federal investigations into hate crimes, racial discrimination, and police brutality. I mean, she'd be the featured speaker at the Black Lives Matter National Convention. And she's going to oversee federal investigations into hate crimes, racial discrimination, and police brutality. Uh, She's already faced scrutiny over racially charged remarks she made in college. We've talked about that before. As well as her more recent criticism of police. She also seemingly uh, has inconsistent answers in her written response to the Judiciary Committee about the extent of her involvement in a 1999 conference where several cop killers were hailed as political prisoners. Clark targeted Joe Manchin and Lisa Murkowski over their votes to confirm two Trump nominees. She accused Manchin in February of 2017 of using hollow words when he offered praise for Martin Luther King Jr., You can't win with these people. You praise Martin Luther King. You're not sincere. It's hollow words. (laughs) Clark was upset with Manchin, who voted to confirm Jeff Sessions as the previous attorney general. Clark called Murkowski shameful for voting to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Clark's organization, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, opposed the nominations of both Sessions and Barrett. Clark responded to questions about her tweets from uh, Senator Chuck Grassley. Quote, in retrospect, I regret the tone I occasionally took, she wrote Grassley, who is the ranking member of the Judiciary Panel. Clark said she planned to turn down the volume and lower the temperature in the future. Oh, well, that's – well, <laughs> therefore, I'll just go ahead and approve her then. Clark will likely need support from Manchin and both moderates, in order to, sur- to secure confirmation to this civil rights post. I- if they approve this woman, they've lost their minds, but <laughs> – they, uh, that they they have lost their minds, you,
1: you know if she, if she appeared before me in Congress and I had a chance to ask her some questions, one question I'd like to ask her is, okay, give you know a crime is a crime, and crime's bad, hate and hate crime is bad, and, and, and hate in America is bad if it, where it exists. But give me the statistics for the number of hate crimes committed last year. Give me the statistics of the number of crimes committed last year. And, and you know, one human being killing another human being or, or whatever, um, I mean, is that not hate? <laughs> it ain't a love crime. I mean, should not your focus be – you can't correct everything. Should you not put your uh, focus on what's more prevalent or what's more prevalent? How about gang violence in the inner cities of blacks killing other blacks? and blacks killing whites and blacks killing asians i mean you know a hate crime can go either way i mean this hate crime legislation is just all political a crime is a crime a murder is a murder thank you and you know that's just that's just political theater but think about this pandering think about
0: this though she will oversight the federal investigations into hate crimes racial discrimination and police brutality when the Jesse Smollett uh, situation exploded, she immediately was all about Jesse Smollett, and I mean, and look, I, I I have no insight. I don't even follow Jesse Smollett. I haven't even seen him act on any of these programs or movies he's been in. I'd never heard of him <laughs> until this. But as soon as that came out, it was like eh, there is something really fishy about this. She immediately got on the Jesse Smollett bandwagon and, you know, began to protest about how horrible these two white people were in, quote, Trump hats. They came in and put a noose around Jesse Smollett. She came out <laughs> later after it, you know, she made a total jackass her out of herself. She said, quote, like many others, I fell for Mr. Smollett's hoax. And in retrospect, I regret having made that statement. Um. Hoaxes distract attention away from the real incidents of hate crimes, which are a growing threat to our country. Well, here's the th- here's the point, though. If you were in charge and you would respond now, as you responded then, I mean, really, what have you learned? I mean, you, you have a life history of this overzealousness to assume to to affirm the uh, you know Black Lives Matter, critical race theory that all white people are, are guilty and all black people are the victims. I mean, you're, you're following their playbook, and yet you're supposed to be in charge at the Department of Justice? It, it, it boggles the mind, and it even boggles the mind more that Joe Biden's... Well, Joe Biden's not in charge. I was going to say did Joe Biden would nominate, but obviously he's not in charge. Uh, she
1: learned from the best, uh, President Obama. Oh, yeah. And, you know, President Obama and his... Administration. I mean, he really started this, you know, guilt before anything's known. Uh, You know, back when the, you know, the what was the famous beer summit? Yeah, uh, the professor up at Harvard. The professor up at Harvard was, um, you know, trying to break into his own house, and before Obama knew one thing about the case, he's all over. Fifteen minutes after it happened, he's up in front of the cameras saying the police acted stupidly. Well, he was the only person acting stupidly for prejudging something before the investigation was known.
0: Well, remember too, after Jesse Smollett's whole fiasco happened,
1: or Juicy Smollett, as Dave Chappelle <laughs> calls him,
0: <them>. the uh, <laughs> local prosecutor there, Kim Fox, uh, you know, she basically wanted to sweep the whole thing under the under the rug. Oh yeah, and the, then she, you know, she was she was called in. and, and uh, again, this woman who wants to be in charge of uh, hate crimes, racial discrimination, and pl- brutality at the Department of Justice. Um, Kristen Clark, uh, she immediately came to the defense of Kim Fox and, and again proclaimed. Now, this is after we knew that Jesse had lied and Kim Smollett had basically swept it under the carpet and said, oh, just go away, Jesse. We're not going to press charges or anything. And, and then when Kim, Kim Fox got in trouble, again, she goes and and claims that this is this is racial discrimination. This is this is white supremacy. This is terrible
1: bigotry against Kim Fox because she's black. And you know who put Kim Fox in office? George Soros. Just like he did the district attorney in um, St. Louis. D- district attorneys all over the United States. So why is George Soros funding all these campaigns for these these DAs? Good question. Uh, I mean that's that's that's. Published, published fact. I mean, his. Oh yeah, he's
0: dumped millions mm-hmm. into their races. Free Beacon is reporting, and this is Solyndra all over again. We talked last week about Jennifer Granholm. She was uh, up for the uh, Energy Secretary, and uh, her financial ties to this electric bus company. Apparently, she's not the only one. That is involved in this bus company, which the Biden administration is talking about a huge influx of money and contracts with this company. Uh, she's not alone. Nicholas and Joby Pritzker, members of the Illinois Democratic Governor Jay Pritzker's mega donor family. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I could stop yeah, right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They own nearly 12 million shares of Arc Light. Arc Light. Through their venture capital fund, Teo Capital, Arclight in January announced a $1.6 billion merger with Proterra, that's the bus company, which will see the electric vehicle manufacturer go public in 2021. Granholm served in Proterra's board for nearly four years and still holds up to $5 million in company stock. National Economic Council Ben uh, Brian Deese rather, is also tied to Protero. Proterra through BlackRock, Um, Nicholas Pritzker and his wife, Susan are prolific donors to the democratic uh, candidates and causes in the 2020 cycle alone. Susan Pritzker, a Teo capital director was the 95th largest donor in America. She contributed more than 3 million to Democrats. Her husband, Nicholas gave 1.9 million to Democrats in direct contributions, including maximum, maximum contributions to the Biden campaign. And, um, Yet, the Biden administration is talking about investing billions of dollars into this uh, into buying and and forcing the purchase basically you know through legislation just a huge windfall to this pro terror this is Solyndra all over again mm-hmm. and uh
1: y- y- how, how do they possibly do all this with a straight face? It's, it's mind-boggling. You know, I, I did a little research on the, uh, I forget her name, but uh, the one that was up for energy secretary you just mentioned. Um, Anyway. Jennifer Granholm. Yeah, she was, uh, what, former Michigan governor, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah. And you look at her background. <laughs> I get it. Detroit,
0: where the Pritzkers are
1: from. Yeah, to have in, to be the energy secretary, she has no experience in that. It's just ridiculous, other than... You know, she's she's invested in this company that you're talking about. I mean, that's her energy experience. It's a it's a scam. It, it's another it's case. It's a show game. It's so another the, case. They're and,
0: taking money and putting it in one pocket, and they'll give it back again. I mean, it's the same thing that cylinder. It's the same reason they want to push the unions. Yep. They want to push the unions. Why? Because they will give all kinds of money to the unions, and the unions will turn around and give all kinds of money to the candidates, the Democratic candidates. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you mentioned the Illinois governor, I think, uh some ties to the Illinois governor yeah I said yeah. Uh,
0: I said Detroit uh Michigan but yeah the Pritzker's are actually from Illinois yes
1: but uh yeah hey Illinois governors are you know, <laughs> like it's like it's not if you're going to prison it's just <laughs> when are you going to That's, prison they've got a special cell Illinois Kentucky the Kentucky's governor's the suite way. at
0: the Illinois state prison yeah. stay with us we'll be right back almost back to normal means back to eating out I don't know. Where do you want to go? Back to the gym.
1: Sir, there's no smoking on the treadmill.
0: Back to smelling your co-workers' lunch.
1: Uh, who cooked fish in the microwave again? And
0: back to wasting time in traffic. Our updates and alternates. We get you back to the good stuff. Go, fun go! Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 16 minutes before the top of the hour. They're talking about uh, some of these questionable folks getting approved by the senate to uh, serve in the uh, biden administration uh benny was uh, benny and i were talking during the break john brennan was uh quoted last night not sure if it was a uh, pre-recorded or if it was live but you've you got that quote from john brennan who was and by the way we're saying you know this administration every day that goes by it is pretty obvious that this is obama 2.0 but what did, so what did john brennan say
1: and john brennan was barack obama's uh cia director Is yeah i think that right? that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well he was talking he was being interviewed on msnbc and he said and john brennan says i know looking forward that members of the biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can that looks like insurgency movements that we've seen overseas where they germinate in different parts of the country and they gain strength and it brings together an an holy alliance, frequently, of religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, and even libertarians.
0: You know what's so unbelievable about that is, uh, except for that last description of who he says is involved with these movements, uh, that would be the perfect description of what we saw last summer taking place in portland and other cities as black lives matter and antifa and others burned down cities but isn't it interesting how guys like john brennan will come out and project exactly what the liberal progressives are doing and projecting that onto conservatives and but, but and you know i i I've, I've got to look back at January sixth, and I know that there were conservatives that were overly zealous and went into the Capitol. I know that, but I, for the life of me, I look at what happened, and I just have to believe. And again, we've we've talked to others. We had Jeff Moore on this program; he was up there. I have to believe that while there were conservatives that went in, that there there was a a push by progressives to get them in just for this, just so they could take that kind of situation and say, oh, see see how bad they're rioting. See, these are domestic terrorists that we've got to deal with.
1: Yeah, I would like to know the young lady that was killed at the Capitol, the only person that, that died. Uh, uh,
0: um, Babbitt, is that her name? Ashley Babbitt? Something yeah, ago? that yeah. sounds yeah. right.
1: Yeah. Um, the video of that happening was on very quickly the day of all this happening. And You don't you, see it much anymore. You cannot find it anymore. But I, I saw the actual time when she yeah, I've got seen shot, it, yeah. and she was not a threat. She was not a threat. I would like to know what the rules of engagement were, um, which I know what they're supposed to be, and the fact that they're not bringing that up—that that, there should be at least more of an investigation. Now, yeah.
0: unarmed, a woman coming through a small space, and there are other police there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, well.
1: I don't know if there'll be an investigation or not. <laughs> just sort of like my, I, I think my, they've already concluded it. Nothing. Uh, no, 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 no. There. Charge. There. Yeah. No. no there, there. There.
0: Town halls reporting Coca-Cola. And a lot of people are really ticked at Coca-Cola. You know, they used to like to drink a Coke.
1: We we uh, we boycotted them in my house. Uh,
0: Pepsi just as good. Be honest with you, this choice is just as good as. I mean, be real honest with you, those sugary uh, sodas probably aren't good for you anyway. But uh, Coca-Cola has found out that um, there are other people that were drinking their products besides the woke. And uh, apparently, woke Coke. Uh, woke Coke. <laughs> um, if you want to go broke, go woke. Uh, they're understanding that real clearly now, apparently. There was an individual who uh, was just, just went with the, he was the general counsel for Coca-Cola, See if I see his name in here. Um, He was uh, Brady Bradley Gayton. He abruptly resigned last month in April, just a week or so ago, after intense backlash and court rulings saying that their woke policies that they were mandating on their employees. um, No, you can't do that. And anyway, to make a long story short, the New York Post and Town Hall are both reporting that uh, this guy is gone, and Coke is now backpedaling their woke as quickly as they qu- as they can. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many other corporations end up following. But I mean, like you, th- there are... Now, I-, I wasn't consuming Coke products anyway, but like you, there were literally... Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that said, you know what? There's there's plenty of things to choose from. Oh, yeah. We don't have to buy
1: Coca-Cola. I have that on a number of products. I've changed changed my... Oh, listen, I love Starbucks coffee. I haven't had a Starbucks in three years. Neither have I. Black Rifle Company. There you go. So can, I uh, hey, yeah, can, I can, can I say that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Can I say that? Absolutely. Hey, we got to take another time out. When we get back, um, this... Brandon Mitchell, he is the juror that, uh, one of the jurors that convicted um, Derek Chauvin. He might be in trouble. Talk about it when we get back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in seven minutes before the top of the hour. Jonathan Turley writes on Juror 52, a guy named Brandon Mitchell. He was uh, one of those jurors who decided to convict Derek Chauvin up in Minneapolis. He's the, obviously the police officer who uh, was convicted in the death of George Floyd. What has happened, though, there is now a lot of things coming out about Brandon Mitchell that makes it look very questionable that he was honest When uh, he answered the questions, the voir dire questions, then they're the questions that are asked when you're a potential juror. And they usually ask questions that would be related to the case that you're going to be serving on. In the case of uh, Brandon Mitchell, and, and all the jurors were asked this, did you or someone close to you participate in any of the demonstration or marches against police brutality to, that took place in Minneapolis after George Floyd's death? His answer to that was no. Other than that, have you already, as you've already described above, have you or anyone else close to you participated, participated in protest about police use of force or police brutality? To that, he answered No. And now evidence has come up. It was posted on social media by his uncle. Pictures of this Brandon Mitchell wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt at a protest in Washington, D.C. And um, it is now giving a, a pretty open door. And Jonathan Turley has said, you know, even though there's been times in the past, if you remember the Roger Stone uh, conviction there was the woman that was the um, foreman of the jury what was her name uh she she came out after it, it, they found out afterwards that she was a big anti uh trump
1: yeah uh, anti-trump yeah Trumper. Rat. yeah mm-hmm.
0: and um so in that case that the, the judge there did not overturn the the stone conviction uh jonathan turley has come out and said you know there's there's a good possibility it'll it'll be up to the judge but there's a good possibility that uh they would have good reason to overturn this conviction now that it it would there'd be another trial he might be convicted again but they, they might overturn this
1: when they when they question these potential jurors are they under oath well that's a good question i asked a couple of uh Folks
0: that are very, very involved in the judiciary, uh, du- the judicial system. And um, and these the, the the two men I talked to are very familiar with North Carolina law. They weren't with Minnesota law, but they said in uh, potentially uh, they, they could be uh, found guilty of perjury mm-hmm. and uh, it could be a criminal charge. Now, uh, one individual said it probably would fall back to more of a general punishment of being holding contempt of court but either way uh, Brandon Mitchell might find himself in legal trouble mm-hmm. if uh, they can indeed find out that uh, no he was not openly up and up when uh, he came out and answered those War uh,
1: their questions so hey we gotta run do it tomorrow I'll see you then bye bye